Welcome to Word of Life Fellowship Chapel as we look at this series, Lessons from Exile. We cannot say that we fully understand or even assume to understand what you're going through right now because we also do not fully understand what is going on, but God does and His Word has answers. The lockdown comes with tons of issues, loss of life, anxiety, depression, the COVID stigma, and financial needs. And there's nowhere we can run to because everyone seems to be experiencing the same challenges at the same time. The question is, has this happened before in the history of the Bible? Is there something we can learn from these timeless truths? Join us for part one as David Chilabira and John Page discuss these very difficult issues. Welcome. Mr. John, how have you been, sir? Hey, good morning. It's great to be with you all this morning online and uh, coming to you from Johannesburg, South Africa. We are doing well, although a little bit chilly, but we're doing well. Mr. John, we have you on the show uh, in our service this morning because you have, in the past one year, been a source of encouragement for those who have acquired the virus. And uh, I know even with the Word of Life property, with season one of COVID, we did have Yona, and I think you must have had several other staff members have uh, uh, this virus and were able to walk through it. I do remember Yona's uh, experience. He did share with us uh, a small bit of it. It was a bit traumatic having his neighbor uh, pass on right there on his watch and him having to literally run out of the ward looking for the nurses uh, to mm. come and help, but it was too late. And you having to help him and several others uh, be able to find hope and, uh, and answers during that very difficult time. We have you here because we do know that several members of our church and community recently have seen people who are not well, recently uh, have lost loved ones. I just received a phone call from a friend again this morning who has lost her auntie right in the middle of the night uh, while the rest of us were asleep. And they are not able to comfort their loved ones. Because when someone like that passes on, one of the other announcements they make is everyone stay where you are because they would not like to have further infections uh, happen. And it is difficult. It is very difficult. It's difficult. It takes a toll on your body if you are one that uh, is going through uh, the difficulty of having this virus. Uh, but it also takes a toll on your soul because I was talking to... Uh, John Bosco, one of us here right now at the service last week. And one of the things he mentioned is he was even afraid to fall asleep because he's not sure he's going to wake up. But as mm. one who has had this virus, first of all, just kindly share with us the physical uh, energy that it drains from you. Share with us how are you able to to survive now i know it affects people differently and by asking how are you able to survive is what are some of the practices that you took uh, physically or medically that were able to to help relieve some of the symptoms um, that come uh, upon us uh, when we acquire this virus and then i have two other questions for you john 
Yeah, thanks so much. And I realize everyone that's listening here this morning has experienced this in different ways. Maybe maybe you've had COVID or maybe you've had a friend or, or a loved one that has had it. And it does, it affects everyone differently. I am thankful to be able to be here with you this morning and to be able to share having survived. Uh, my daughter also has had COVID. My wife, uh, who has been with me uh, the entire time over the last 12, 13 months, has never come down with COVID. And so everyone experiences it differently. And, uh, you know, understanding not only in this situation, but our normal responses in life, we all respond to fear differently. And the fear has a very real, not an imagined, but a real, a very real effect on our body physically. And it can work itself out in our, in our responses even differently. So part of it is physically um, trying to rest, trying to, uh, from doctors, from medical people who are seeing patients every day, take the best advice and do it, um, continuing to um, not lay still, but not over-exercise, but also to spend time in the Word of God and, and spend time. For me, there was a point in time where I really wasn't interested in reading a lot. Um, so I would listen to music, just praise and worship and hymns and gospel, uh, trying to help my mind continue to rest in God. Because God tells us in Isaiah 41, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. His arms wrapped around us during those times. Um, but just as you mentioned the one gentleman from church, you know, afraid to go to sleep at night. We've found as we, as we now walk with a lot of people, just trying to have conversation with them, that that's a very common fear is nighttime. Uh, so my wife and, and myself will leave our phone at night. If somebody wants to text us, text us in the middle of the night where normally we would switch it on to quiet. And so we realized in, in that process of physically uh, trying to take care of ourselves, trying to get rest, realizing that it's a process that responds to everybody differently. Our bodies respond differently. One was to not let fear um, paralyze me or fear add to my sickness. And yet realizing that people are afraid. So I, I want people to talk to me about their fear. Private message me, share, because fear is real. It's not something to say, oh, you're not spiritual because you're afraid. No, fear is very real. Uh, just to give you a different example, uh, my wife loves thrill and loves an adventure. Uh, so she goes to a high ropes course or there's a place to do one of those giant swings where you jump off the edge of a cliff and you swing out for a couple hundred meters after you drop. Um, I do not like those things. My fear stops me from doing something. Her fear uh, encourages her to overcome that obstacle. So we both have different responses to that. And we realize, okay, fear is going to affect each of us differently. Something that might make me afraid may not make you afraid at all. And so walking through this, this time of COVID and having had it, uh, understanding maybe a little bit differently that fear uh, could be being alone. A fear could be the middle of the night. There's no one to talk to. But knowing that God is there, God is with us, we can reach out to him but then also learning to be a, a receptor or a responder for other people, knowing that, hey, middle of the night might be really hard. Um, if you wake up in the middle of the night and want to text somebody, my phone will be on. Text me. Um, I have a friend right now, my exact same age here in South Africa, a wonderful uh, father, husband. They're leading an orphan home, and he's been in ICU now for two days. 
Um, and so he and I will text and it's, you know, it's very exhausting for him. So he doesn't want to text a lot, but it's always that aspect of saying, hey, I want to be available. So if you are afraid, there's someone that you can talk to and I'll understand even if I don't know how to respond. Um, and I'll be able to maybe just share encouragement or even even if it's not encouragement, just to be there for someone. You mentioned as people who, and yourself, who have had friends that have passed away, and we want to be with them. Uh, learning new ways to be able to be with somebody if we physically can't be there and wrap our arms around them. Um, how do we connect? How do we talk to? Who do we initiate conversations with, knowing that they, they may be afraid to initiate with us? And how do we respond? And those were some things that were really incredibly comforting to me. When I, when I had COVID, my daughter had had it about a month before me. And it was really comforting because she said, Dad, I've had it. I won't catch it again. My immunities are high. It's only been 30 days. So let me stay with you. Let me continue to talk to you. We realized that once we had overcome it, we could now be a blessing to other people because there was less likelihood of us getting sick again from it. Um, and so we were able to take an opportunity where we were sick, not feeling well, taking time to rest. And it's important to take as much time as you need because everybody responds differently. But then to take that into an opportunity to say, okay, now I can be with somebody else, not breaking government regulations or doing anything wrong, uh, but being the one to say, hey, let me take the food over or let me walk to my neighbor. Let me see, let me speak to somebody uh, because now we have less fear and God has given us that opportunity to speak or to be with somebody else either just relating or even just listening to what they're going through, how they're feeling. What, what was the night like? I like to ask people in the morning, how was your night? Because uh, nights are hard. And so to ask them, how was your night? And then just to listen, just to step back and let them share with somebody, oh, I was up four times or I had lots of aches. Just to be able to sometimes share with people um, lets us help, help carry somebody else's burden. And so it's a neat opportunity, even though we do fear, to be able to look intens intentionally how we can walk with somebody else. And not to feel like we're a lesser Christian because God says, don't fear for I am with you. Um, but realizing that fear is real. Everybody responds differently. We don't want to be paralyzed by it, but we want to be intentional in helping somebody else walk the same journey that we walked. And so we thank the Lord for that opportunity. Amen. Amen. Thank you uh, so much, John. And, and the second question I was going to ask, really, you have partly answered it. Um, and maybe for those of us who are listening, this is not to say that all situations are the same. And that's how uh, Mr. John began and uh, saying we all are affected differently. And this is not to say that we really know exactly what you are going through, but this is to say that the scriptures are, uh, are the same uh, for each one of us. It's, it's the same source of hope for all of us. And some principles are the same. Prayer is the same. Loving one another applies to each one of us. Caring for one another applies to each one of us. And, and uh, maybe as a general summary, uh, Mr. Page, what would you advise a group of people, a local church, that is affected by this? A church that cannot meet together, a church that uh, is small, a church that has needs, physical needs, financial needs, 
and yet you look around and almost every member is if it was a football game every member is putting up their hand and saying i'm out i need time out i need time out i can't continue the game anymore and uh how would you encourage us of course in looking at what has happened in the past uh, of course i don't know if you guys remember very clearly when this uh, virus hit the us their first response was to buy toilet paper and everyone is fighting for toilet paper and naturally when disaster is coming our way the natural response is self-preservation and of course they tell you distance yourselves uh, wash your hands stock up food and in a way they're almost saying switch off your phone but i want to believe that even in the scriptures as we looked at them last week uh, with another program i'm involved in peter is writing to a church that is being persecuted and is telling them to look out for one another to look out for one another but in asking john this question I'm, i'm really trying to ask for biblical answers on how a group of believers who are going through similar suffering uh, need to respond to something like this and then with that i would like to ask anyone of us who is listening in if you have questions you'd like to ask uh, mr john please post them in the chat remember that the chat group works and uh, I'll, i'll i'll let arthur ask one last question after mr john has responded to that question and if anyone of us would like to ask any questions uh, please post it in the chat we'll maybe take one more question from the audience if there is any and then afterwards we will pray together and also as mr john is speaking to us please go ahead and post prayer requests uh, in the church i mean in the chat we would like to pray together at some point right after mr john is done but john what what do you have to say about that particular question i just asked yeah that you really bring out a very key point and that that was very instrumental for me that phrase where you said looking out for one another Um, there becomes a point in time where when I'm sick, it's very overwhelming for me and we naturally focus on ourselves. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, um, but I was also thankful with my daughter helping me transition to see others. Um, and so at our point in time where we're at, when we're trying to uh, get better, uh, but then as, as God takes us through this, God doesn't waste any of these experiences And I love what you said. If you, if you look at Scripture, 2 Timothy chapter 1, and there's so much in here, um, but just I just want to encourage you, if you jump into 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, even looking down, uh, verse 6, verse 7, I remind you to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. And realizing, I love that aspect where he talks about power. That's God's power. It's not my power. It's love. Um, love is something I need to show others, the love of Christ, uh, hope for eternity, and then sound judgment. Um, I need to have people speaking into my life for sound judgment. If I don't, I could, I could make wrong decisions. Um, and in this situation, in this time period, I could over-isolate, so I might feel trapped inside. And my wife looked at me and she said, but you can sit outside in the sun. You're not, you're not within two meters of anybody. You can still be isolated. You can sit outside in the sun, enjoy some natural vitamin D and God's creation. And I thought, yeah, that's true. Uh, inside was dark. Outside was beautiful. I could go sit outside. And so that was someone speaking sound judgment into my time when I was sick. Um, 
my wife and I, uh, we enjoy medicine. Our son is in med school. My wife was a paramedic for many years in the United States, traveling with an ambulance. And I had been certified in first aid. And we're, we're not near as smart as any doctors. Um, but we realized that as we knew things, when we became sick, we were horrible patients. And we, we made a vow as a young married couple, we've been married 28 years now, that when we're sick, we must listen to the other one, not ourselves. So in essence, what this verse is saying, listen to someone with sound judgment speaking into your life. Um, is this something to be concerned about this sickness? Is it life or death? Or is it just very inconvenient? Um, Yona and I, two different experiences. Mine never went to a breathing issue. So for me, it was very inconvenient for three or four weeks. I was tired. I was miserable. I had fever. I had aches. But it wasn't going to threaten my life. Uh, Yona's went to a breathing issue around day nine, day 10, and needed to have oxygen for about two days and then came out the other side very strong. Um, but the breathing issue was one that was a different seriousness for me uh, than, than what I experienced. And so it's having someone with sound judgment speak into our mind. And when we're not, we're not feeling well, sometimes it's having someone else speak. And that's that aspect of looking out for one another. How can we help somebody else? Um, I always help people the way I want to be helped. But that's not always what they're looking for for help. So just the same way it talks there, but one of power and of love, we tend to love other people the way we want to be loved. And in a couple, in a relationship, I realize I need to show my wife love the way she needs to receive it. The same can be true in this as a church. When we look out for other people, what does that person need? I can remember uh, this was a friend a, a few months back, um, had come out of hospital, had COVID. And Christy and I just felt led to bring them a, a packet of food. And we brought it to them. And, and in Johannesburg, uh, like you said, not, not always part of Africa. It would be very similar there in Uganda if you were to hire somebody on a boda to drop off the food to them. And we decided, no, we wanted to take it to them. We kept our distance. We kept a mask on. We were totally safe. They were totally safe. We didn't want to give anything back to them. And the gentleman made this comment. He said, I am so glad to see you. And I realized, oh, seeing me was more important than, I, than the food I was bringing. I thought the food was important. Mm -hmm. But he just wanted to see somebody that wasn't a nurse and wasn't a doctor because he had been in ICU for a few days. Mm -hmm. And so looking out for one another and having other people share ideas, hey, you could do this for this person or you could just uh, give them a call or to do a video call with them. Or maybe if it's our neighbor, we can, you know, look over in the next yard because we can't travel around and Uganda's on this lockdown. Um, but there's also people that we bump into. The other thing that was interesting in looking out for one another, and this was, this was a really interesting thing to me, because of isolation, we would be isolated where we're at. And we had to intentionally, when we went out even to get food or to a neighbor, we had to intentionally try to engage people. Because there's eye contact, but there's no mouth contact, there's no smile, there's no facial expression. And when we looked at doing that, looking out for somebody else, just by engaging in conversation, the response was, uh, was really good. People were, were willing and wanting to talk and engage. And it goes through different waves. I think we go through these quiet waves where everything's isolated. We go through freedom where we can talk to everybody. And just kind of learning to maybe be opposite 
of what the current trend is, is a way to be able to look out and show love to somebody else. I'm intentionally taking time to go through your contact list and contact people maybe you haven't just to say, hey, how are you doing? Uh, how, how are you feeling today? And to, to look at those things. So those are just some things for Christy and I that have become part of a maybe a new reality for us. I do love this also there in, in um, Timothy, 2 Timothy, where he tells us, you know, don't, we're not given to a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. He continues on, I'm not being ashamed of our testimony of the Lord, instead sharing the suffering for the gospel. Down in verse 10, he says, this has been made evident through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Because the other extreme is true. People are dying of sickness. They're dying of um, malaria. They're dying of heart disease, as Arthur mentioned there. There's all sorts of things, not just COVID. So death is real. But when he says here he has abolished death, that's, that's death in eternity. And to me, that becomes a motivation um, as, a, as a child of God, as a believer. If I were to die, heaven is much better than earth. So I don't need to fear death. Maybe I fear the process of death, but I don't need to fear death. But that's also a motivation for me to share hope with others, to share true hope when death becomes a reality, not in a calloused way, but in a hopeful way that the moment a child of God leaves earth, he is in the presence of God. There's no in-between. There's no gap. There's no traveling to a family member. It's instantly better in the presence of God. And that can be joy and rejoicing uh, for those as a hope for the future, but also for us knowing that God has not abolished death here on earth, but in eternity as a child of his, he desires for us to live with him. And that to me is hope. And it says that right at the end of verse 10, through the gospel, he has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And that's just an encouragement, uh, hopefully for all of us today, that sound judgment speaking into our life, having someone else speak into that, but then having that opportunity just to take time to connect with others as a church, to look out for one another. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, thank you so much. Uh, once again, John, I'm trying to pull up a scripture here that I believe you have fulfilled in uh, just being with us uh, today. And I think that is 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 4. Starting from verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted uh, by God. And you having received comfort during a very difficult time are able to comfort us this morning. I pray that each one of us will return the favor. One of the things that uh, Mr. John has talked about is simply making a phone call and looking through our phone list. Just know that uh, you are not alone. Uh, you can call out to someone a friend to be able to pray with or to ask them to pray for you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, because of time, I'd like us to end our session with Mr. John uh, right there and uh, just move on to the next part in our program. From the struggle there will come triumph You are strong
Now, at this point in time, allow me to have you guys uh, just uh, enjoy what David has prepared for us um, this morning. Be blessed. Thank you, David, and uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, it's um, interesting times that we're living in. Just uh, to think and imagine that uh, only a few weeks ago we were meeting together in the same room and enjoying the music that uh, David there and, he and his team were leading us through. And uh, we're able to uh, sit in one room and uh, just get to sing together and, and worship God in, in His Word and, and through our giving. But um, this is where we are and this is um, the time we find ourselves in. Um, I know a number of us are still trying to come to terms with uh, the fact that uh, we are under another lockdown in Uganda. And, um, you know, just trying to figure out what, what, what are we going to do? How are we going to survive through this? Um, some of the things that just, you know, encourage me is that uh, we've been through this and, and God saw us through it. It was a tough time. And, and I'm also hopeful that um, through this, another episode of uh, the lockdown, God is going to see us through. Uh, just uh, listening to the different prayer requests that have been shared earlier on, uh, just reminding us to, you know, keep on holding on to the Lord, keep on trusting him. Uh, the Lord that we serve, the Lord that we believe in, the Lord that we've put our trust in is a God that is, you know, powerful and is above all and is in control. And that's one of the things that we're going to be looking at in this morning's message. Well, just to give us a clue of, of this morning's message, I have shared this message before. And I remember uh, sharing this very message uh, last last year at the beginning of, of the lockdown um, with another group of people. And um, the, the, the message is taken right from the book of Jeremiah at the point where Israel was going through a tough time. And just to give you a picture of what's going on, just before I get into the story and, and the lessons that I would like for us to learn for this morning, um, really two lessons, it's, it, it, it is... It, it happens during a time where Israel had rebelled against God for a long time and God had sent several prophets to warn Israel um, against the sinfulness, against the idolatry that they were involved in. And so God sent several prophets. Um, you know, you think about Isaiah, you think about Jeremiah, uh, probably the last prophet he sends to them before he sends them to exile. But of course, the leaders... And uh, the Israelites do not pay attention to what God had, um, you know, warned them about. And God decides he's going to send them to exile. He's going to send them away from Jerusalem and send them to Babylon. And that included, you know, Jerusalem being destroyed, their very precious temple being destroyed, a number of people being killed, uh, their homes being destroyed, and they had to abandon them. And uh, God sends them to exile. He sends them to exile for 70 years, you know, 70 years where they had to be away from everything that they knew and everything that they were familiar with. 
And so we come in the middle of that story and um, we find ourselves at uh, Jeremiah 29, where God sends, you know, uh, a word to the exiles. Um, and, and Jeremiah 29 begins with just that background. It tells us, now these are the words of the letter that Jeremiah the prophet sent from Jerusalem to the remainder of the elders who were carried away captive. You know, giving us a picture that, you know, somehow Jeremiah stayed in, in Jerusalem and, and he sends this letter to um, the, the, the fellows or the people that are in, in, in Babylon. And it's interesting, it says to those who remained, the remainder of the elders, giving us um, a picture that uh, quite a number of them probably, you know, were killed by the Babylonians. And so this letter is written to these people who are in Babylon, probably still mourning the loss of their loved ones, uh, still, you know, grappling with the loss of, you know, what they knew to be normal. And now they find themselves in a different normal. You know, I find myself at that point, and, and I know a number of you are at that point. You did not, you know, think that this was going to happen again. Uh, you thought the lockdown was something that was in our history in as far as 2020 was concerned. And, and a number of you, maybe just like me, uh, we looked forward to January 1st of, of 2021. You know, we said bye-bye 2020 and we celebrated, we burnt all sorts of things and, and jubilated because we, we knew 2020 with its lockdowns and all those things is now in the past. But then, here we are, another lockdown. And probably this lockdown has found us at a very, very terrible place. We have not yet recovered from what we went through in 2020. And here comes another lockdown. Um, so what are we going to do? Is there something we can learn from these guys who found themselves in a similar situation, you know, where they, they, they had undergone so much loss and they find themselves at a loss of words? Um, is there something that we can glean from God's word? I was thinking about that even as I was trying to come up with a message to share with us this morning. And Jeremiah 29 is what just kept on coming into my mind. And really, as you go through Jeremiah 29, there's quite a number of things that we can pick up from that passage as, as a way of helping us to go through this time period. But this morning, I have chosen just two things. So let me read on. I've already read for you Jeremiah 29 verse 1, you know, the recipients of the letter that Jeremiah writes. And then I'm going to jump all the way to verse 4. And this is the content of the letter. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all who are carried away captive, whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. Interesting choice of words there. God introduces himself as the Lord of hosts. He's, he's a great God. You know, the word, the Lord of hosts uh, pictures a God of a great army. Um, and, and probably as a way of reassuring the the Israelites that yes, the Babylonian army, which was very strong and had overthrown them and taken them to exile, it does not match up to the Lord of hosts. Listen, it doesn't matter what we are going through. It doesn't matter how big, you know, the situation we find ourselves in. It can never, you know, match the kind of God that we serve. There's no situation that is too big for him to handle. 
And, and, and this is a way of God introducing himself to reassure his people in, in, in exile, to reassure his people who find themselves like they are the weaklings as compared to the Babylonian, you know, um, army. And, and just, just an encouragement to us, you know, uh, we, we, we could be in a situation and you think this is impossible. I've had friends who have fallen sick and, you know, they've gone through terrible times in their sickness at this particular moment and and you know just reading the news and 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 getting to hear how people are dying has really not been helpful to them but then just reassuring them listen it doesn't matter how far you've gone with the sickness it doesn't matter how weak you feel it doesn't matter how incapacitated you feel right now it doesn't matter how you feel you don't have enough finances to take you through the 42 days god is much stronger is much bigger. The Lord of hosts is much greater than whatever problem that you and I may be going through at this time. And therefore, for us to, you know, place our anchor upon this great God, this powerful God that, you know, saw us through 2020 and the lockdowns and the trials that we went through is the same God. That same God that saw us through is the same God that is reassuring the captives in Babylon. And, and here's something else. Um, you, you notice in that same verse, it says, who I, I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem to Babylon. In a way, God is also admitting that, you know, he, he's behind this, you know. This has not happened by surprise. God did not get a report from his angels that suddenly the children of Israel have been taken to exile. And so now he's putting together his hosts, his army, to try and overcome Babylon. No, he says, listen, this has happened under my watch. And I know, and I am aware. And, and probably the fact that you're alive is because I am the one who has spared you. Listen, the Lord is aware and he's still in control. Even if we feel like our world is tumbling out of control. One of the verses that I really love is Colossians 1.17 where it talks about Jesus Christ. And before that, in, in, in verse 16, it talks about, you know, everything was created by him and for him and through him. And in verse 17 of Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, he says, and in him all things consist. In some other versions, it says, "In he holds everything together. Listen, your world and my world may look like it's tumbling out of control and uh, we, we, we cannot be able to do certain things. We, we just need to be reassured that God is still in control and, 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 and he is in charge, okay? Um, he has never left or taken off his hands off the affairs of this country. He has never taken off his hands off your life of the circumstances of your life. And friends, let me tell you this. The day God will decide to do that, you will know it. But that will only happen in, in, in hell because that's where God is, is, is not present. He has abandoned you to your fate. But we are not in hell. We are on earth where God holds everything together. And for us to hold on to that, to hold on to that fact that God is still in control, and because he's in control, we know we can run to him. We know we can trust him. And, and this just reminds me 
of the fact that we can go to him in prayer, just like we did at the beginning of, of today's service. And, and, and just having that confidence that we are praying to a God that is not out of control, but we are praying to a God that is still in control, is in charge, an all-powerful God, the Lord of hosts. And brings me to that, you know, that great hymn that reminds me to go to this very God in this particular time. You know, that, that very stanza that says, have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere, even as you look through this time period of another lockdown? And listen to this, it says, precious Savior is still our refuge. Why is he our refuge? Because he's God. He's in control. He's a Lord of hosts. And it ends with, take it to the Lord in prayer. So friends, whatever is going through your mind, whatever is going through your life, let's remember, God is in control. The Lord of hosts is in control. And we can trust him and we can run to him any moment, anytime. Here's another thing that uh, we see um, in, the, in this very uh, passage and I said I'm going to share only two things so the first one is you know the Lord is aware and the Lord of hosts is aware and is in control and therefore we need to go to him at this moment as you try to find out answers on what to do here's the other thing in verse 5 he says he tells these exiles he tells them build houses and dwell in them plant gardens and eat your fruit he interesting Interesting, you know, and in verse he says, take wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons and give your daughters to husbands so that they may bear sons and daughters, that you may be increased there and not diminished. You know, I, if I was in the, in the shoes of the Israelites, I would be thinking, okay, maybe we're in exile and since we serve the Lord of hosts, um, we're probably going to be in exile for one year and, and God is going to marshal his, his hosts his, his, his host of army and, and, you know, just overcome the Babylonian army. And then, you know, in a short time, we're going to go back. But look at what he tells them. He tells them build houses. A house does not take, you know, three months. A house takes a long time. I've been building a house and it's taken me so many years. Okay. I'm almost thinking that I'll be done building it in, 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 in retirement. You know, he tells them, you know, plant gardens, you know, those who are in farming or farmers, you know that, you know, a garden for it to be planted and things to mature, it takes a while. And then he goes on into six, he tells, take wives and beget sons and daughters. And then he says, when these daughters are old, or you need to give them over, you need to give your sons to marry their daughters. He's talking about a long period of time. Now, this is what we don't want to hear, probably. We, we hope that somehow the president changes his mind this coming Sunday and makes another address and says, hey, you know what? I, I didn't mean 42 days. I, mean, I misread it. It was just 24 hours or 42 hours or 24 days or just two days or four days. But that's probably not going to happen. And probably, and I'm not saying that this is what is going to happen, probably is even going to add a few more days after the 42 days. Some of us were beginning to count down the nine days that had gone from the previous 42 days, and then, bang, another 42 days were added. And I've had, you know, people saying maybe another 42 days will be added somewhere in between the 15 days. Who knows? But what's, what is it that we're getting from this? 
God is telling them to plan for the long haul. Plan for the long haul. You know, one of the mistakes that people make, and even last year I saw people making, is thinking that this is going to take a short period of time. And so people plan maybe for just two weeks of a, of a lockdown and, you know, exhausted their resources within two weeks. And then, lo and behold, we were in that hole for almost three months. Friends, a wise person learns from history. We know that this is going to take a long time. The Israelites were being told by God to prepare for a long time. In other words, don't plan as though you're running a sprint. We need to plan as though we're running a marathon. What does that mean, therefore? We need to plan well and for a long haul. Have the long haul in mind. If it is 42 days we've been given, plan for 60 days. So that even if it takes 42 days, at least you know you have some resources to take you through. Here's the other thing that we need to put in mind even as we, we, we plan for the long haul. Number two, we need to conserve well. Do things moderately. Do things, you know, cautiously. Um, don't start counting down maybe as we come towards the end of the 42 days. And, and now you say, well, we have only three more days left. And so I'm going to, you know, just call for a party and, 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 and make do with, with the small portion that I've put aside. And, and you know, no, conserve well. You know, it reminds me, I, I, I am a referee and, and um, I, I, I referee rugby games and a typical rugby game is about 80 minutes. It's interesting in our training, especially when you go to the higher level, um, we, we are told how to manage a game. The first 10 minutes you put in so much energy, um, you know, trying to set the standard of what is needed. And then after that, you kind of relax and then you pick up the tempo and they tell you to not to relax, really, but, you know, don't use up as so much energy because, you know, you still have maybe 60 minutes ahead of you. And you don't want to use up all your energy in the first 20 minutes and then you're dead for the rest of the game. And so they tell you, conserve, conserve your energy and then just, you know, put on the 110 percent burners the last 10 minutes of the game. That's what we need to have in mind here. You know, conserve well. Uh, do things knowing if it is your airtime, you know, plan it well. If it is your finances, plan well and plan for the long haul. And here's something else. Knowing that this is going to take a long time, this is something that we sometimes don't factor in. Plan for times of replenishment. Listen, this thing is going to draw us. It's going to drain us at some point. Can you plan can you sit down and say, these are going to be my moments where I'm going to replenish myself, where I'm going to get some energy? It could be, you know, those moments where you listen to a podcast to just refresh you and remind you of God. It could be moments that you plan for, for your quiet time. You know, you, run, you, you move away from everything else because now you're in the house with the children and you can't move anywhere. Plan for your quiet time, for your quiet spot, spot where you can be replenished in your energy, physically, spiritually. I remember the last lockdown, I used to take walks on the compound. I used to, you know, get on the bike and ride it uh, and, and just to think and meditate and pray and be replenished and just move away, just turn off social media, you know, 
and, and because I know if I didn't do that, I probably wouldn't have lasted for long. I would have broken down. So knowing that this is going to take us for the long haul, we, we need to remember it's, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. And so we need to plan sufficiently to go through this. Plan well and for the long haul, conserve well and plan for times to replenish. Hey, friends. You know, I, I, I am praying for you. I am praying for myself. I am praying for all of us that even as we go through this time period, we will experience, you know, the goodness of the Lord, the Lord of hosts. But we will also be realistic and aware of what we are getting into, that we are in a marathon, that we need to plan well. We need to conserve well, and we need to plan for times of replenishment. Hey, that quiet time needs to be a very precious, precious thing for you, for you to meditate and pray and, and, and think about what you need to do and, and, you know, just get strength from God to help you through this. He was faithful in 2020, and I know he will remain faithful even for this year and for this time period. There's really so many lessons that we can get from Jeremiah 29, even as God spoke to his people who are in exile. We may find ourselves in an exile of our own. We are away from the familiar. We've been pushed away from what we know. We've been put into a place where it's unfamiliar territory once again. But let's take comfort from the Lord of hosts and know that he's still in control. And let's plan well to go through this time period even as God sees us through this time period. Let's pray for one another, and I'm praying for you. Thank you very much. And let me just, just me end in prayer, and then I'm going to hand over to David. Father, thank you so much, because you're a God that um, is aware and is in control. And so we bring ourselves before you uh, this morning and, and trust everything, the affairs of our lives, into your hands. You know how you have brought us here and, and you've allowed us to be in this time period and nothing is taking you by surprise. And so, Lord, I pray that you help us every moment with every fear, with every concern to constantly come to you and present these things to you because only you, the Lord of hosts, can take control and charge of these things and help us to plan well. Help us to know that you require of us to plan wisely even as we go through this time period. And may everything be done to your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you very much and over to you. Thank you so much for joining us. Let me remind you that we hold these discussions live here on Podbin every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Ugandan time. Please check out the link to the live room here in the description to this podcast and hope to see you on Sunday. Bye-bye.